You're listening to the Growth Exponential Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Caro-Cook. Today, we're joined by Joshua Banda, who is the Executive Director of the Sequoia Symphony Orchestra. The mission of the Sequoia Symphony Orchestra is to foster an appreciation of symphonic music and to enrich and inspire the diverse communities of the Central Valley through the transformative power of live music, education, and community partnerships. Josh, welcome. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. Actually, you're the first executive director that we've done an interview with, and specifically the arts. So could you tell us at a high level a little bit about the symphony? (laughs) So the Sequoia Symphony Orchestra, we are celebrating our 60th season this year. So that's really exciting. It's a pretty big deal for us. But basically, since 1959, We have held over 350 classical music concerts in Tulare County, so the Central Valley of California. And we've had, I don't know, over 250,000 individuals attend a concert, you know, throughout our history. We've impacted tens of thousands of students with our youth education efforts. And really, our whole theme for this year is that it's only the beginning and we're just getting started. So it's been pretty great, you know, and, and as we have reflected on our history and look forward to the next 60 years. We're just definitely excited to move, you know, in the right direction and do some new things. And that's kind of gives you a high level overview of, of what the symphony has kind of done over the last 60 years. And, and yeah. That's, that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that, that overview. And I'm super curious, could you share with us your journey that led you to becoming the executive director? <laughs> yes, it was pretty much by chance, I would say. So I was definitely thrown into the nonprofit world by chance. So I've spent more than 10 years in in leadership and management roles, mostly in retail. So I worked for a large big box retailer as an executive team leader for about six years. And then I was the marketing director at a local insurance agency for three years. And then I went back to retail as a store manager where I spent another three years running a store prior to joining the Sequoia Symphony. So I applied for the executive director position because a very close friend of mine recommended that I check it out. So he actually serves as the uh, board president for another local nonprofit. And so when he heard about the symphony uh, and that they were hiring for the executive director position, he just thought I'd be a really good fit. So on a personal level, I've played the saxophone for almost 20 years. I play bass guitar. I have always been a fan of drawing. Um, I do charcoal art, you know, painting, and I've done that for my entire life. And so, you know, while my professional skills and expertise is in leadership, marketing, and strategic planning, really my personal passions is with music and the arts. So really, this was just an opportunity to kind of blend my personal passions with my professional experience. And, you know, I took a shot and and the board really took a chance on me. And I'm really thankful that they hired me. And at this point, you know, we've seen some tremendous growth over the last couple of seasons and, you know, some innovation. I mean, and and really nobody's fired me and and I'm thinking I'm going to be okay, you know, at this point. So that's pretty much how I got to where I'm at today. It was really by happenstance. That's an amazing story. And you're in an area when people think the sympathy, I don't necessarily think of a, a young crowd. I'd love to learn more about your vision and what the symphony is doing to engage the next generation. Right. So, I mean, that's definitely the challenge that not only do we experience that, but symphony orchestras, you know, all across the nation are experiencing aging audiences and a real struggle, not necessarily to attract a younger audience, but to retain a younger audience. So, I mean, that's kind of 
when the board hired me, it was to really try something new because we've had a lot of the the same sorts of organizational leaders. And I was a, a really, really out of left field, you know, for when they brought me on. And I think a part of that was really just my ability to engage with the younger audience. Myself, I'm 30 years old. And so I am speaking to the exact audience that we're looking to attract and retain. So I have brought, you know, some different ideas to the organization that have been really, really unique, you know, because one, I I guess I just don't know any better. I didn't really grow up as a part of the uh, classical, you know, orchestra experience. Mine was more you know, with with jazz and big band and and some other sorts of things. But I think that there's a lot of great ways that we can innovate and really try to change the perception in our community that the symphony and the the orchestra is not just this very antiquated or closed off, you know, group that is meant for only the wealthiest of individuals. So, you know, these last two seasons, we've done some, some new things to really just change those perceptions that have been really exciting. And this season specifically, you know, we've done a number of new campaigns. So one of them, we launched a, uh, a summer series that ran for three months called Jazz on the Corner at a, a local restaurant and lounge area. So, I mean, when, when most people think of the symphony, again, our specialty is classical music, um, but they don't realize that many of our musicians are skilled in a wide variety of you know, musical style. So we thought there's this young audience that would probably really love a jazz event. And so let's put on a jazz event and just have, you know, these organic conversations come about that if you support the symphony and what we do, you know, throughout our season, we would love to continue to do more events like this jazz on the corner. And every, all the months that we did, every concert was just, the feedback was overwhelmingly positive, created a lot of great conversations. And uh, we saw attendance at our first concert of this season, you know, increase specifically because of those conversations that we had at the jazz in the corner. So I mean, like that was one thing that was, you know, brand new, that was really exciting. We also, we launched a, uh, a program called music medicine. So we basically send small groups of musicians to perform at our local hospital throughout the season. It's just an hour of music medicine where we're either playing at the hospital, you know, for patrons or for, um, for visitors, patients, or, you know, employees of the hospital. And that's been really great too, because again, we are showing that there's really an intrinsic value to classical music, you know, because it really, it speaks to, you know, people's emotions and the hospital's an extremely stressful place to be at. And so we're, we're able to really showcase the power and transformative, you know, impact of live music by going to these locations. And, and so that was something else. And then we also launched a podcast earlier this season. And, you know, really that's just to help drive the communication beyond our concert walls. And then finally, we are offering a limited number of, we're calling them legacy price seats for this entire season um, that cost what they did 60 years ago, you know, to celebrate our 60th season. So basically you can get into any of our concerts throughout the season for only a dollar. So, I mean, these are just lots of new things that we've tried to do and have been successful so far to really just attract a younger audience, you know, attract a different audience and let people know who we are, you know, in our community, because when it comes down to it, having been in Tulare County for 60 years, we don't have, the sort of recognition that, that you would think an organization that has been as, around as long as we have would have. It's been pretty great, you know, and 
those are some of the things that we're just trying to do to, you know, engage with a, a different demographic and a younger, ever-changing audience. Those are a lot of ambitious and innovative endeavors you're undertaking. Out of curiosity, if we were having this conversation in five years from now, what's your vision of where you'd like to take things or grow on, along those lines? Well, I would like to do everything that we're doing, but, you know, but more of it, you know, on a bigger scale and, and have these events like the Jazz in the Corner be, have become a, a regular staple for our community. And I would love for us to get to the point where that's just, you know, the Sequoia Symphony Orchestra is synonymous with partnering with other arts organizations in our area. So that way we become, you know, really part of the fabric of our community and not just a niche group that is only the symphony orchestra. And if we don't like the symphony, then we don't deal with them. You know, I want us to really be interwoven with musical arts throughout our community. That's amazing. What a fantastic vision and, and really solidifying those aspects of it. Now, as far as our listeners go, what are needs that you have? You're, you're doing so much good work in bringing culture and music to people. Like, how can others get involved? Well, I mean, you know, definitely our, our future cannot exist without, without our patrons and our supporters. So really, the message that we always try to get out to everyone is, above all else, just get out there, engage with us. You know, we have been working to increase our online presence, you know, on social media. Um, you know, you can subscribe and listen to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Our podcast is called Backstage Pass with the Sequoia Symphony. So, I mean, we just encourage everyone to get out there and again, engage with us online, follow us and, and share stories, you know, on Facebook and Instagram at Sequoia Symphony and, you know, come to our concerts, you know, post about it, tag us, really just share content with, you know, with, with their friends, invite people to the concerts and, and really take advantage of some of the things that we're doing this season, like our legacy pricing. Um, we also do like a three for 99, you know, so you can get three concerts in the season for only $99. And that's a tremendous value because our tickets will range between like 35 and $50, you know, but the three for 99, you can get a $50 seat for only $33. So, so really that's it. You know, we just want to encourage everyone to get out there and engage with us. Obviously donate, you know, is, is a huge one. Uh, we couldn't do what we do without people's donation and, and support. So it's uh, kind of a, a little bit of what people can do and, and how they can help fulfill our mission, you know, for the foreseeable future. That's great. And I know I'll sure be going onto your website and your social media channels and listening to your podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us for the Growth Exponential podcast. And I wish you tremendous success in all your worthy endeavors. Oh, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. And uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. You've been listening to the Growth Exponential podcast. If you know an executive director or nonprofit professional that you think I should interview, shoot me an email at bradley at growthexponential.org.